The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is a big introduction, but we're celebrating. We are celebrating each and every one of you who decided, you know what, this is the year. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm going to quit smoking or maybe it's something else. But I have learned through a very open and honest Edmontonian that it's not easy. Even when you're like, I know this is the best thing for me. Today is the day I'm never smoking again. Uh, I've learned that it's a very emotional experience. There's a lot of highs and a lot of low lows. And Kristen Rayworth is now 16 days into her quit smoking journey. And she joins me in studio. We want to hear your stories as well. What what made it stick for you the last time you tried to quit? Or what are you s- still challenged by? What, what's, what, what are the obstacles that are preventing you from quitting if this is something that you would desperately like to do? Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being so honest about what this ride is like for you. Was this, would you call this a New Year's resolution? Is that what this is? Um, It wasn't really a New Year's resolution because if I called it that, I wouldn't do it. Um, (laughs) How sad but true. Yeah, for me, it was just, uh, I made the decision that after my birthday, so my birthday's January 2nd, and so a couple days after my birthday, I was just like, you know, this is, it's, I want to give this a shot for me, and this is something about the new year that I want to really take advantage of, and I, then I posted it on Twitter, and it went crazy, like, it was, it was nuts, like, 1,400 people liking it, and all these people from all around the world, like, responding to me, like, people from the States and all over Canada, talking about their experiences with trying to quit smoking, and sending me, you know, really beautiful notes, and, and notes of support, and it was really, it was incredible, and for the first couple of days, I actually just would read through the comments. It's the only thing I've ever posted on Twitter that only got nice things. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> we were just talking about how harsh Twitter can be. Obviously, it's a huge day. Peter Shirelli, GM, president of hockey operations, being let go with the Oilers. And people wanted his head, and they've got it. And now he's out of here, and we've got Keith Gretzky sitting in. So there you go. There's your your mini update. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're just getting updated on Oilers news today. Kristen, let's let's take it back to the beginning. Do you, what do you remember the first time you ever tried a cigarette and is that when it stuck? Is that when you officially became a sm- quote end quote smoker? I don't really remember the first time, but I started smoking when I was 17. So I'd even actually kind of gotten past, I think, that hump of where most people start when they're younger in high school and I'd actually graduated from high school at that point. Um, and then I just kind of started and I don't really remember when and or how it became a habit but then over the years uh for me it really became a coping mechanism and it was how you know obviously i had some difficult things happen in my life for the last few years and it just became more and more and more what i went to as a way of dealing with that stress was i would just like power smoke and that's the more that i would do that the more my smoking got up like i was a pack and a half probably by when i quit a pack and a half a day yeah pack and a half a day yeah so when you say power smoke, does that mean one day that that was harder than the last, you would smoke more? Or this was just every day, it was about a pack and a half? It, it, it got up to that. But it was, you know, I mean, when I was going through stressful things or, you know, and as your 
your listeners may or may not know, um, last year when I came forward around sexual harassment allegations and I, I had an incredibly difficult uh, time and, and response from the public on that, at first, um, oh, I was like, I just sat in my apartment and like just chain smoked. And so, and then it just kind of stuck. And when I was dealing with and trying to process a lot of the trauma in my life over the last few years, I found that that's what I would do instead of dealing with it. And instead of trying to work through what was really going on for me, I would choose to then just smoke or, you know, and then that obviously would also come alcohol and all sorts of other different, not very healthy coping mechanisms. When you are smoking that much, how does it affect like, are, were you constantly stepping out from work? How is it affecting the, your social time when you're out? Was it interrupting everything? Well, I, I, I guess fortunate, and I'm using air quotes when I say that, is that most of my close friends smoke. And actually, one of the things that's been really helpful for me over this is that one of my best friends and I quit together. So, and she lives right next door to me. And so to have the person you spend the vast majority of your time with also quit smoking is deeply helpful. Um, it didn't really negatively impact my social life necessarily, but it was impacting my health. And I think it impacted apparently the way I look. People keep telling me my face looks great, which makes me very concerned that like it didn't look great previously. Cause that's the main compliment that I get. It's like your face just looks great. Do you see that when you look in the mirror? Do you feel like you look younger or you look more alert or? I, I do think that. I mean, that might also just be me in my head because I think I thought that like the first day. I was like, I haven't smoked for three hours. I look amazing. It probably does make a difference though. Yeah, it. I mean, it absolutely does after like two weeks and it's like sleeping better. And I cut out everything that was a trigger for me for the first week and a half. So I didn't have any coffee, no alcohol whatsoever, uh, no sugar so I, and then I got sick. So that was really helpful. Like basically three days into the healthiest I've ever been, I got like the cold from hell. But we'll talk about triggers, and I'm sure yeah. Alberta has something similar. But I I found on HealthLink BC they've posted how how to prevent a slip or what resisting triggers looks like um, or uh, that sort of thing. But one of the bigger things that I noticed when you talk about Okay, so you have to give up basically everything that you enjoy in life so that it doesn't lead you to smoke. So you're not just giving up smoking, you're giving up everything that's kind of normalized for you. Well, yeah, well, for me, that's what I had to do, absolutely. And I actually had that, the week that I quit, I had off work, and I literally just, like, stayed in my house for three days, like, did not leave because I didn't want to be outside where smoking was or where there was, like, access to smoking or anything. And that's what I needed to do for me. And I know a lot of people who've quit and been able to sort of still do those things. But for me, it just, I, I couldn't. So that was kind of what I had to do for myself. So, yeah, I basically uh, lived a joyless life with a lot of juicing. I did start actively juicing, which I'm very into now. Apparently, this is a thing. Yeah, it is. I got a juicer for Christmas in preparation and I'm sure I probably will like power use it for another week and then not touch it again. But right now I'm, I'm very into juicing. So you were planning this for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. You started, said you started smoking when you're 17 years old. Yeah. You were, you, uh, is it fair to call you a chain smoker for over a decade then? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day you stopped. <laughs> Jan and it was January 2nd on your birthday. Was no. that the last day you ever smoked? No, I decided to wait until the, after the weekend because I went out with friends and I was like, I want to at least enjoy my last weekend of like living, living it up. So I quit. On wait, how many cigarettes did you smoke in that last weekend in preparation oh, to stop smoking? Lead, like the Sunday that I quit, like I was just like sitting on my balcony, like chain smoke. I was like, well, I can't have cigarettes in the house. So I was just like chain smoking. <laughs> every last one. Yeah, every last one, like right until like 12.01 and then I went to bed. Okay. I still so, have to patch on and went to bed. So what was the official first day? January 9th. January 9th. Wait, 8th. 
January 8th, you have not had a cigarette since? Nope. There wasn't a slip in there? No. Oh, I wanted to. Like, I definitely wanted to. And it was difficult uh, at, a, at a couple times, like, walking past people. Like, I've probably creeped out a few people on Jasper Ave by, like, they'll be smoking and I, like, stand really close to them just to, like, get to the scent of cigarettes near them. But, no, I haven't. Which is the complete opposite of a non-smoker, right? The, yeah. You're almost walking to the other side of the street because you don't want to have the smell of the smoke. Yeah. And eventually, I imagine you'll find yourself there where you're not going to want to be anywhere near it. I would assume so, whereas now it's like I actively am like, someone is smoking somewhere near me and I just want to, like, go <laughs> be near them. So eventually, yeah, I'm assuming it'll get to that point. Can you... I just I just thought this would be so eye-opening for other people who, or, or maybe just comforting to know that they're not going through this alone. Yeah. And you said you're doing this with your friend, which I think helps. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's so funny, the mixed signals that you get with uh, different personal trainers, what they'll tell you about, uh, they'll say that posting things on social media is actually harmful when you say that you're going out, like if, if your New Year's resolution is to work out yep. at least once a week and then you say that you're going to the gym, like that's harmful. Uh, now you feel the pressures. Others will tell you the exact opposite will come out in a different article saying it's really important that you share your goals with other people so that they hold you accountable yep. and then you're there. Yeah. I think that that's the latter is probably what's working for you. You've been posting your your journey, your process online, and mm-hmm. that's where I learned that you were overcoming a, a tremendous amount of challenge in, in following through with this. So if January 8th is the official day you decide not to smoke again, what does the first hour feel like? What does that look like for you? Actually, the first hour was fine because like at that point, I like I wore the patch when I, when I went to bed. And then the first hour, you're kind of just all hopped up on like on the... I guess anticipation of doing this and you're doing it. It's actually the third or fourth day that I found to be the most difficult because once because then you're starting to get into habits of it and that's when you start sort of stop being, I guess, is on top of it and so you, it's more active in your brain and it's not like yeah, it's the first day. I'm so it's like oh now I just have to get back into my normal life and how do I do that and have this be a part of that right. So, so that was actually the most struggling I think was the, the couple days in day four. Yeah. So then. Uh, one of the things that really jumped out was how how much you explained the emotional toll it took on you. Yeah. Uh, what what you wake up in the morning? Would you typically have a cigarette with breakfast, or is that later in the day? That when when's the first cigarette of the day typically? That implies that like I had breakfast uh, back then. I feel like coffee and cigarettes was sort of my go to breakfast meal. Breakfast champions, really. <laughs> really. Um, so I. Yeah, like if that was the first thing I would do within five minutes of waking up was smoke. And so, but the emotional component of it is that it was very much, like I said before, my go-to method of dealing with stress and with pain. And, and I think that it's a complete mindset change for me because this is all part of sort of a bigger attempt on my part to be better to myself and be more focused on self-care and making decisions actively every day that are good for me and healthy for me and putting my myself first and smoking was putting myself like a millionth behind everything else and I would practice I would preach so frequently and I do on Twitter all the time about the importance of self-care and the importance of being good to other people and I wasn't doing that for myself and I wasn't practicing what I was preaching so that's really to me what this is about but that can be difficult when you start making active healthy choices for yourself you'd be surprised how much your body and mind wants to push back on that because you're more comfortable sometimes being unhappy or destructive or doing things that are not good for you than you are in a healthier place. What was the first thing that you really noticed kind of just switched in your head? Like when you started getting to that point where you're like, 
this is the furthest I've made it in trying to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. This is the time. This is my coping mechanism right now would be to light up. I just need to go outside and that's how it handled it. Did you find that right away you're like, I still need to go outside? but it's maybe without the cigarette this time? I had to just find a way to preoccupy myself. So like I cleaned my, my apartment is cleaner than it has probably was when I moved into it. So it's that, it's finding active, cause really like a craving lasts that five minutes or four minutes in. So it's about finding for me, finding something productive to do that I can look then on and be happy about and proud of. So since I got back to work, it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing for five minutes and I can see something that I've done and accomplished and that's been a big part of it is trying to just always have something physical or something I can see that's a manifestation of not smoking when I asked you okay what day are we on here because you (laughs) you've been doing updates online I've been following along like where are we and you said hold on let me check my app yeah this app, I love it. It's made my entire life so happy. Uh, so yeah, 16 days, 15 hours, and 18 minutes is how long I've been smoke-free. Almost 17 days. Yeah. Kristen Rayworth has made it in her pursuit to take care of herself and to quit smoking. Thank you to all of you who are texting into 630-630. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you finally stop? What was the hardest part about it? Trevor M says quitting smoking was the hardest thing I've ever done. Quit about 14 years ago. Congratulations, Trevor. Another listener says I quit cold turkey after 45 years of smoking. I was up to two packs a day and was convinced or what convinced me was my dad having COPD. Watching him suffer was very difficult and I vowed to stop as I was afraid of going through the same thing he did. 12 years later, I'm smoke-free. Congratulations. It doesn't really matter what it is that inspires you as long as it inspires you and, and you're able to stick with it and you know that you have a community around you. And Kristen Rayworth is sitting in the studio with me right now and she is 16 days in to quitting smoking, this time for good, because this isn't your first go at it, right? Oh, no, not at all. I've, I've tried, I don't even know how many times. And the last successful attempt I had, which was, I think, two and a half months without smoking, was 10 years ago. More than, yeah, 12 years ago now. 12 years ago, and you made it two and a half months? Yeah. yeah. So, so when you made it two and a half months, and you must have been feeling pretty good at that point, mm-hmm. like, like that's in, in the back, that's in the past. I'm not going back. What, what made you light up? It was, I, I don't even remember really other than just being around people that were smoking and I had one. And that's my, the other thing that I kind of have to acknowledge for myself is some people can pick it up and put it down and pick it up and put it down. I can never have another cigarette again for the rest of my life. Because if I have one, I'm, I'm not going to be able to stop at one. So it's making that active decision to just not do that one time or try to lie to myself about my ability to like smoke moderately or casually. That's just not something that I can do. It's funny when you do air quotes in studio, you can, it actually translates on the air. I can hear, <laughs> I can hear the air quotes. Uh, you talk about a slip and that's having one or two. I, I was literally researching this. I've never smoked a cigarette myself. Uh, but but just trying to understand the mindset and the challenges that you're up against when you're like, that's it, I'm done. But you can't just say, okay, that's it, I'm done when it's a part of your daily habit. Mm-hmm. And so again, when a smoker just slips, it's like, okay, one, it's at a party, it's casual, it's fine, it doesn't mean anything. Kind of like a one night stand. <laughs> like, not, And then it turns into a marriage. Uh, and that, that happens so frequently. <laughs> and then a relapse, I wasn't suggesting this is your scenario. <laughs> um, and then a relapse is probably after that, swip, uh, that slip when you're like, yep. you know what, I'm back into it. I can't remember why I quit. I love it too much or it's just a part of who I am. 
am. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, the other, the flip side to that is if you do slip, and I mean, if I did slip, which now would just be fundamentally embarrassing after telling all of Edmonton about it, um, to say, okay, I made it, I slipped once. I'm going to, that doesn't mean I'm a smoker again. I have to just more actively recommit myself to this process. Douglas is calling into 496-0063. Douglas, what's your story? Well, I um, I tried to quit many different ways too, but in the end, the best thing to do for me, and it ended up taking my mom's life and she went through all that science about it, but you have to go without nicotine for six weeks to get it out of your system. So if you go three or four weeks and have a cigarette, you got to start over again. But I basically had to change my routine. I stayed out of the bar for a month. I played a lot of hockey and played a lot of solitaire, didn't hang around with smokers. And then once you can kind of get it out of you, uh, that's helpful. But when I quit smoking, a carton was $8. I couldn't imagine what it costs now to smoke. Like a pack is 15 or 20 That's crazy. I mean, imagine all that money you could be spending on your health instead of killing yourself slowly, right? Kristen has a, a really handy app right now, and it, it tells you the number, not only the number of days and hours you've been cigarette-free, but it actually tells you right on there how much money you've saved. Yeah. So how much money have you saved in 16 days? So it says that I've saved $326, but I think it's probably more than that. Probably a little That's bit more amazing. than that, given yeah. how much I was smoking. In 16 days, she saved 300 bucks. That's uh, amazing. Like, I, like uh, I spend a lot on health stuff, but... You know, and cigarettes, they, they were kind of just made of tobacco when I was smoking. Now there's so much junk in there. And if you if you actually knew what was in there and what it's doing to your body, like it causes heart disease, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, if you got kids, I don't know if you do, just think of that's your motivation when you want to see your grandchildren graduate high school, whatever it takes, right? And Douglas, you've been cigarette-free now for 30 years? Yeah, that's crazy, eh? How- the last day I smoked, I had five cigarettes. Right? How do you try, how do you I, feel when you look in the mirror now? Oh, I mean, smoking ages you. There's no doubt because it constricts your blood vessels. It's so bad for you. Think of all those bad things, and I mean, uh, it doesn't bother me anymore. I used to crave cigarettes so bad after I ate food, it was nuts. But um, you just have to change your routine. Like I said, uh, if you can't hang, that's great. You have a friend who's quitting with you. That's awesome because you can talk about stuff. I never had that, right? Because my mom was smoking, my dad was smoking, my brother was smoking, and I'm playing solitaire at the, the kitchen table by myself, <laughs> probably still sucking in smoke from the room. But uh, that's what it takes. I mean, it's so important. Just imagine all these great things you're going to have in your life when you don't have that cigarette in your mouth, and uh, that's what you got to keep thinking. And as long as you keep doing that, and then go past a couple of months like you quit for two months you should be able to do that again because you've done it before and then just keep thinking of all that positive stuff like you know watching your grandchildren graduate medical school or something you know what i mean wow you've got an ambitious family <laughs> thanks for calling uh, in douglas thank you care, right? hey you've got uh chad nation behind you smoke free for 30 years keep the stories coming so proud of you and all this is telling me based on the text line action, Kristen, you are not alone in your battle. Kristen Rayworth is in studio sharing the highs, the lows, and the best things that have happened with 16 days being cigarette free. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.